Hey podcast, it's me. I hope you're well. I'm not sure what you're going to do this year. I'm not sure what your plan is for fitness wellness, but if you need a plan, if you want a plan, I have one. 30 days of behavior change to get you fit. The 30 day full body group challenge. January 4th it starts. Be one of the 5 to 15 people that starts in this. We're going to have weekly Zoom calls as a group. We're all going to cover what we need to get done. You're going to have a plan laid out for you for 30 days. If you're ready to kick off 2021 and make it yours, click the link in the description below. I'm super excited about today's podcast. I was on another podcast, Progress But Never Perfect podcast, Mercenary Athletics and Tyrone Rainey. If you click in the description below, there is a link to the video version of this. I hope you enjoy because there was a lot of gems in here. Let's dive into it. Welcome Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast, where we cover anything related to behavior change that will increase your long-term wellness and happiness. Had I gotten in that fight, I would have put up the best fight, but I probably wouldn't have survived. I have suffered from bigorexia. I started out 130 pounds soaking wet. The, the ability to capture a moment that'll never be again, whether it's mundane or spectacular, always baffled me. I, I see a therapist at least once a month, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm in a fairly healthy state. I don't feel that you need therapy solely when you're in a bad place. Yo guys, welcome back to the PBMP podcast. Today it's a slightly different setup. Um, there's no Waddle with me today, but we have had an upgrade. Um, he's YouTuber, nurse, and, be- and behavior change specialist, Matt Lane Fitness. Appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate you, seriously. So it's been a long time coming this, because um, we've been talking in the DMs for quite a long time about this. And um, yeah, it's something I'd like your audience to get a, a side to you maybe they don't know about. Um, so we'll just dive straight in, straight in, Matt. Um, in terms of your upbringing, um, obviously you're quite a positive guy. Um, have you always been like that, positive, um, always looking forward? No, absolutely not. Um, no. I, I was very fortunate in my upbringing. Um, when I was around 15, 14, somewhere around there, my parents had a divorce, which, you know, I mean, not to downplay it, but... I'm not the first person to go through a divorce and that's when I really started, started looking at myself, you know, and what did I want my life to be? And it wasn't until I was 27 that I found what that was. It wasn't until I was 27 that I started Matlin Fitness and something that I know is more than myself. It, it is self-titled and it is my name, but it's something so beyond me. And my upbringing, I totally believe that everything in my upbringing led me to this. But no, I actually come from a family that is quite pessimistic, and I didn't want that to be my life. No. It's crazy. I mean, even like, look at you through your videos. You'd you think you've been like this forever because you are very optimistic. And in terms of your friendship with Holden, you've helped, I've, I've seen you've helped him lose weight and stuff like that, and you've yep. helped him shift his mindset. Would you say like your upbringing and maybe your shifting mindset has made you want to help other people and people close to you? Yeah, you know, my start in fitness wellness really was quite unique, I think. I think everyone's story is very unique, but mine was very multifaceted that led to what it is now and how it is ever-evolving. But my personal fitness journey started when I was jumped in a parking lot. No hands were thrown, but we squared up and we were about to go. 
And, you know, uh, long story short, I realized I was, I couldn't, had I gotten in that fight, I would have put up the best fight, but I probably wouldn't have survived. I literally would have been killed and there was more than one person. And I started looking at myself and I was like, how aware are you really? And I got in the gym the next day and for eight months straight, I went with a friend and I saw my body change. Eventually my mind changed and I had much more belief in myself. That was sort of the start and it's evolved into so many different things. I got into healthcare and saw that 80% of the people that I saw in the ICU setting as an ICU nurse, it was all self-induced problems. Now, respect to anybody that, you know, it was not their doing, but medicine, unfortunately, is something that is very reactive and fitness wellness is extremely proactive and I realized quickly that as a personal trainer, I could do so much more than I could as a nurse. And I've seen that. I've felt that. So, yes, there's definitely a purpose for me. Absolutely. Um, in terms of your, when you first step foot in the gym, I've a lot of people watch my videos. Um, I get a lot of messages and they're very cautious about starting the gym because they're worried about people looking at them, sure. um, lifting weights, the form. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about, if you can remember it, maybe the first few months you started the gym did you, did you have that same anxiety I can't say that I had the same exact anxiety I have suffered from bigorexia I started out 130 pounds soaking wet and then eight months to a year I gained about 30 35 pounds intentionally but I was so in it for myself honestly I I, I have always had this part about me that I don't really give a damn what other people think now I believe that Certain people can say that, but it goes to an extent. I think that we all, no matter who you are, you care a little bit about what other people think. Yeah. But a majority of me damn sure doesn't. So I, I had that luxury of, of not having the gym intimidation. Now, I absolutely have done the comparison game. You know, walking in 130 pounds, looking at guys that have been training for 10, 15 years, and comparing myself, which is completely unfair and not good for your mindset. Uh, I, I say that again with respect because someone coming in that is extremely self-conscious, I understand that it can be a battleground for your brain. However, I promise you that you care much, much more about what they think than they even remote. They, they probably don't even see you. At least the people that are serious and they're, that are there, the people that matter, they're going to encourage you. I, I totally agree. I mean, in terms of my story, um, I started the gym through a verbally abusive relationship. Oh, wow. So, okay. so I was with a, from 13 years old to 18 years old. Mm. And, and, and anyone knows at that age, you're still developing as a, as a yeah. person, yep. as, a, as, a, as a young man in terms so. Yeah, from 15 to about 17, I gained a lot of weight. I was upwards of 190. Okay. And I wasn't happy. I, I'm six foot one. I don't know what that is in, in centimeters. Yeah. So it didn't look as bad because I was quite tall. Sure. But I still wasn't happy with my life. So obviously, I, had nothing, I didn't know nothing about fitness. I went to the gym. And like you said, I did have that um, gym anxiety. Yep. Um, I knew nothing about lifting weights. I didn't know it. What, how important form was. Um, I thought people were staring at me. Yeah. Obviously, fast forward to four years later, um, no one cares in the gym what you're doing because no. everyone's focused on, on the set on themselves. Yep. Um, if I could give advice, it'd just be 
the more you train, the more confidence you'll get in yourself. Yep. And you're never going to be perfect because no one sees it as that. But your mentality shifts and gyms help with discipline. Yep. And what's your discipline been like in terms of since starting the gym until present day, would you say, in terms of nutrition, routine, which that's completely improved in terms of previously? Yeah. Oh my Lord. Without a doubt. I didn't focus on nutrition until probably four years in and I've been training as of now for 11 years. You know, it, it was, it was true bro science. It was, you know, and I have a background in bodybuilding. That's where I started. And I think that's where my heart ultimately lies. However, I picked up powerlifting about a year ago and I'm, I'm really, I started implementing a lot of the things from powerlifting, the intelligence portion, pretty much of both. But yeah, without a doubt, I, you know, I did the whole train, train one body part uh, once a week and beat it to death. And I did not understand consistency over intensity. I, I lacked a lot of the fundamentals to, fundamentals to start. Of course, I had bro science and that was it to go off of. I read, you know, I, I did start to really educate myself with, you know, Arnold's encyclopedia and all, all of the things that, you know, come with bodybuilding. But Nowadays, I'm 31, looking back to a 19-year-old, my goals are absolutely different, and, but I'm, I'm very happy with that. There's, I, I call it fitness maturity, and I've developed that. Fitness maturity, in my eyes, is simply knowing the first time you walk through the door of that gym intimidation as compared to 11 years later, knowing nobody gives a damn. That's just fitness maturity. But yes, the nutrition, if, I, if somebody comes to me and says, how do I lose weight? The, I don't speak one thing on training. It's 100% nutrition. What are you eating? A lot of people don't know what a portion size is, and the nutrition is so much of it. It's so much of it. I mean, in terms of um, like comparing yourself to other people, um, I saw a quote the other day of don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 20. Yes. And it's so, like, it's, it's so true because – why would you compare your starts to someone's maybe 15 years journey? Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. I mean, but yeah, in terms of um, your YouTube channel, um, sorry about the shift. No, in topic. no, it's all good. Um, what what made you start it? Because I, I saw some on your YouTube post story thing the other day. Yeah. Um, some, of your, some of your followers found one of your old accounts or something and mm -hmm. uh, they were <laughs> looking at your old videos. So how far back does it go in terms of you in front of the camera? Since I was about nine, actually, I, I have a luxury of that. I, I had the old school VHS on my shoulder, which you're, you're probably a little too young to even know. That was a thing no, I, back in the day. Do you Okay, so yeah, I didn't know if you were around at that point or not, but that's how I started out. And the, I, the, the ability to capture a moment that'll never be again, whether it's mundane or spectacular, always baffled me. Like I, I was always drawn to that, but since I was about nine all the way up until it, when I, when I turned 27 and when I was like, I'm going to do something, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to, that's when YouTube and content and the podcast, and that's when everything really started being taken seriously. Uh, probably started editing around 14 years old, 15 years old. And so I, again, I have had that luxury, but I, I'm, I'm, I've never gone to school or anything like that. I've just stumbled my way through it. So in, in terms of like starting your business at 27, um, pardon me if it's a bit uh, intrusive. No. But, um, you do regret starting your business at 27. Do you wish you could start earlier or are you happy the way you did it? And 
I'm very happy the way I did it, to be honest with you. I know I, I knew no other way to do it. At 21, I wasn't ready. I didn't have the words to speak. You know, I'm 11 years into my fitness journey, and I damn sure I'm not a master of this. I'm still learning it. But, you know, I know that I have things to offer. I know that I have value to give. And the big shift for me was the, men was the mental fitness. I saw so many people that were doing bodybuilding, powerlifting, get shredded, get lean, lose fat, uh, keto this, keto that. No shade to any of that. But I, I wanted to do something different. And I focused on what it was that changed everything for me. And it all boiled back to my mentality. And even outside of fitness, I found that any success I ever had was always born out of behavior change. So mental fitness became the, the precipice for me. So was um, the behavior change born from you starting the gym? I wanted to study more into it. Yeah. You know, when I was 19 and I saw my body change first, that's when I really had this like belief. I was like, oh my God, like I can, I have ability. It built, it built confidence. It showed me that I had more power than I realized. I was working on an art degree at the time and I, I never looked at myself as an intelligent person, ADHD and very creative, but school was never something that I thought I would do well or accomplish. And I do, I am not the type of person that holds school over everything at that point in my life. I was, it was a different part of my life and school was more of, it was more of a benchmark of myself to be honest, but you know, becoming a nurse, the ability to go to school and study and all of the stuff that is probably very basic for a lot of people. For me, it was a, it was a big challenge. And to get through that, there was a lot of behavior change that I had, a lot of mental fitness that I developed. But yeah, ultimately fitness from 19 all the way up until now has, it's dictated every bit of success in my life. That's crazy. I mean, I can, I can relax. I have ADD, which is yeah. Extensive so if you can see, I have to have this here because I quite move a lot, I fidget a lot, and I can't stand still. So that's quite right. of that's. See, so yeah, I can understand because in school I didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't didn't go to the gym. I struggled to study. Um, I'm not a pen to paper theory type of guy. I love yeah. um, practical things. Yeah. So leaving school, um, I did I had no idea what what I wanted to do. Um, I went to college, studied film and media, and that's where I found Holden because okay. he does a lot of film things and I relate to that. And then I saw you and obviously the fitness aspect. Sure. That's when I got into the um in touch with you. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um now I'm in university doing digital marketing. Yeah. Um it's kind of hard for me because obviously I can't I find it hard to sit at a computer screen and type all day. Sure. Um but I'm getting there, I'm trying to um improve things, um my attention span. I mean I've started taking up mental um, therapy sort of thing. Awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Try and get, just to just keep productive and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, is there any things you do to keep yourself going mentally? Yeah, I, I see a therapist at least once a month, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm in a fairly healthy state. I don't feel that you need therapy solely when you're in a bad place. You know, I, I'm, I look at therapy as a fantastic thing and a, a way to, I mean, people go to therapy to level their life up, to dig themselves out of a yeah. hole. So why would you not still do the same if you're in a good spot? You know, if you're trying to work on something, but it's funny that you mentioned that balance has been probably the biggest part for me that I've been learning in 2020, because I have had quite a bit of growth in my business and in the YouTube and everything. So balance has been tough and 
it's made me revert back to the things that, you know, really point blank boil down to your own health, you know, trying to run a business while working a full-time job and being a husband and all of those things, whatever, you know, when you are a driven person like yourself, I know you relate to this and I would imagine most of your audience is, is driven people working on things that turning it off is difficult. So for me, what has always been key is having a calendar, having it written down, knowing that I, I, I have to make time blocks. I have to put it in my calendar. Like I was, you know, with my wife every Monday night, we either, we go out to dinner or we, just go somewhere and sit down and have that present, very mindful, intentional time. Um, I, I'm actually on a kick here recently where, not, where I'm now meditating just for five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night because I haven't been able to sleep because I can't turn my brain off. And, you know, the training and just <clears throat> what I've really done is I've set up things that just fall into my my schedule, my routine, my routine, a part of my life. That way it's not such a burden of being like, I have to do this today. You know, it's, it just fits into what I'm supposed to do. I mean, I've, um, that's cool. I, I've, I wrote a letter to myself for a year's time. Yeah. So I've wrote things down. So once it's on paper, you feel like you have to do it now. It's, it's there. Yeah. And I've started you know, what I'm grateful for. So yep. life can get busy yep. and you can sort of take things for granted. Yep. <clears throat> yep. So you need to remind yourself now and again and it- yeah, I've yeah, I've been journaling for ever, probably since I was 14. It was around the time of my parents' divorce and whatnot. That was like my biggest way of coping. And I, I used to judge the hell out of myself when I didn't journal every single morning. You know, if I missed a day, I was like, ah, crap, like I, I screwed it up. But, you know, like there's an analogy that I heard, like just because you don't do it every single day doesn't mean that it's a waste. You know, if somebody handed you a thousand dollars and somebody stole 200, what are you going to do? Throw the 800 away? Or, I mean, you still have 800. Like, I don't know. It's just, but yes, journaling, man. And gratitude, gratitude was a big shift in my life when I really started focusing on that. And, you know, like you said, writing it down, writing it down makes it so tangible and in, fr- in front of you rather than just in your brain. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I found it so hard. You're so driven. You want to go a bit that, that one direction. Yep. There's people with you on all and all your journey. You tend to neglect them because you're so focused Absolutely. on that one Yep. And yeah, it's just been kind of this, these past two or three months with the COVID and the lockdown in, in, in here, yep. it's been quite tough, but obviously I've tried to be strong mentally and I guess you have too. And it's just setting yourself a routine where you're not allowing yourself to get into that state. It's true. It's true. And it sounds so, you know, however you want to put it, it sounds hippie-ish or it sounds idealistic or it sounds you know, like some fitness douchebag would say like, oh, you need to be grateful every day and I need to journal with my chai tea at 3 a.m. because that's what successful people do. Like it, it truly is like what works for you. And, you know, I'm I'm not perfect every day. Perfect sucks. And if I don't journal, you know, this morning, I'm going to journal tomorrow, you know, like catch up on it. And I think there's so much judgment that can come within that of, um, I think there's a lot of judgment that's gone around with COVID and everybody being like, well, damn it, I gained five pounds, so screw it. Like, I'm just going to, you know, throw it to the wayside. But you're 100% right. Like, it, COVID, has been, COVID has been something that no one, no one planned for. No one could plan for, you know. Since, like, the Spanish flu, there hasn't been anything this bad. Somebody in the comments roast me because there's probably something that's happened. But n- nothing to this scale, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, I'd say maybe people could put a spin on it and say it could be one of the best things that happened to some people. A thousand percent. It's forced them to do things they've never always wanted to do. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel like if you haven't lost a loved one or a friend. Yes, yes, obviously. If, you, if that hasn't happened and yeah. you're alive, I mean, what is there to bitch about? Exactly. Something to be grateful for. You know, and I know that there's somebody that just heard that that got pissed off at that because they're like, you don't know my situation. You don't know my circumstances. And you're damn right. I don't. But it's all in how you, it's all in your perspective of it. It's all in how you handle it. You can, is it glass half full? Is it glass half empty? It's up to you the way you look at it. In terms of COVID, Matt, um, how, how, how's the effect it's had on your on your personal business, on your YouTube channel? Have you had growth? Have, have you experienced any issues going on, on this journey? So I've been a nurse. I've worked around COVID for pretty much the entire time. I, I worked at a COVID respiratory clinic. It was sort of like a drive up test. Do you, do you have it kind of thing? I worked there yeah. for a little bit. So I was very, very involved with it. And then now in my current job as a nurse, I'm still around it, but not directly in it. Having said that, my business, this is the most growth I've had to date. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, looking at it, it, it makes total sense. More people are inside, more people are consuming content, more people are needing fitness, wanting, wanting that outlet. And it's been exponential growth. Yeah. That's great. I thought that's great. I mean, in terms of my perspective, I started a business, um, in COVID something I've been sitting on for about two years since I was 19. And it's, it's just for, like I said previously, unless you haven't lost anyone, it's going to force you to do things you've wanted to do. And if you've already got things going for you, it's going to make you work on it even harder. And yeah. then that's going to improve, yeah. skyrocket. Absolutely. And in terms of like your YouTube channel personally, how do you feel? Co- I know we said it's increased the watch time and stuff like that, but has it increased your productivity and want to release more videos and you know what it's done is it's it's forced me to be extremely even more thoughtful. You know, I mean, I refuse to put anything out that doesn't benefit the audience. If I'm what the hell am I doing if I do anything different? But honestly, balance has been the biggest thing. I you know, I have collaborated a lot with friends and I have ventured into areas that I never would have and uh you know, it's Yes, of course. I there there's always more that needs to be done with any yeah. business, whether it's content or whatever. There's always more that needs to be done. Again, I think for me balance, the balance of knowing you have to maintain quality over quantity. And then at the same time I've found like you can use that as an excuse. You can be like it needs to be so it need, like it's got to be quality, man. It's got to be quality. It's got to be perfect and you won't put it out. You know, I think there's such a give and take. So that balance. I'd be interested to know, um, I've experienced this. When it's your own project, so your business, your YouTube video, have you struggled to delegate for help? Because um, I struggle to do that because it's my personal babe, baby. Say if I need an editor or a someone to help me on the finance side of things in my business, mm-hmm. um, something I don't know as anything as much about, I'm not as more skilled in as someone else. Sure. I can be stubborn sometimes to think, no, it's, I want it to be perfect in a certain way. Like we said, perfection's not, it's not a thing, yeah. but you can be so protective over your personal, like your projects. Have you ever struggled to 
ask for help or delegate for any or to do tasks. When I when I when I finally had the ability, and ultimately what that means is the capital, the money to do so. Shout out to my editor Jean, who's been with me for, I think he's been with me for eight months, and he has absolutely changed the way I'm able to run my business. Uh, he, you know, he's, we went from one video a week to then two videos a week. And then I was talking to him today about marketing material for, uh, for a program or for a challenge that I'm running that I have coming up and it's, it's a product for the business. So honestly, it was the ability, like once I've had the ability, no, you know, because here's the thing, if you hire help, if you delegate there, you're going to have to give direction, you know, whoever you hand the reins off to, they, they want that direction. And, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, he'll send me an edit back. I'm like, eh, hey, you know what, change this. Or I send guidelines. And then the more you work together, the more, like he knows, like he knows certain things now because we've worked together for so long. Now I get what you're saying. Like, it's your baby. Honestly, I feel like I'm going to be able to review the final product. I'm going to be able to it's not like I'm sending it to that person and then it's just immediately getting posted or the shirt's going out or whatever. So not really a fear, but honestly, the biggest thing that I wonder, I'm like, am I doing everything I need to do as a, I guess you can say a boss. I don't feel like it. It feels more like a, a team. It really feels like, you know, he and I both are working on something, but am I doing all the things I should be doing to support him to do his job? Okay. You know, I, I understand that. I understand that. Make sense? I mean, I, I only ask it's something I've struggled with in terms of asking for help, delegating tasks, because I, I'm quite, I'm very hands-on. Um, I'm, sure. um, I get really anxious if someone else is doing something for the business that I don't know about. I'm like, is it going to be right? Is it okay? Sure. Um, cause we, we spoke in the DMS yesterday and I'm like, I'm quite, I know we've said perfection is a thing, but I like things to be perfect in terms of things. And, that, that is a big weakness of mine. Um, like it, it can lead to me um, like reminding myself what I'm grateful for because I'm neglecting other things. Sure. Um, so that's one thing I, like, I'm trying to work on. So I'd start to get your perspective on it. It's, um, well, yeah. and you know, when you, when you become shorter on time, when you, when speed is what you're shooting for, you will learn to let the perfectionism go. And you know, you're early in the pro earlier in the process than I am. And you know, I'm not too deep in the process. I've, I've had my business since, you know, uh, since I was 27, I'm 31 now. And that's just a, that's, that's business maturity. So that will come with time. That will come with time. Okay. Um, if I said the word influencer, Matt, what does that mean to you? Initially it's a dirty word. It feels, it feels that way for me. Uh, but I do, I, I do think that the origination of the word is a good thing. I think it, I think it matters. I think it matters who that influencer is, but it's, it's someone that, that can bring a direction. I mean, the word I've used. A th yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I, I follow a lot of people who call themselves influencers in choice um, I follow them just to track what they're doing and what not to do. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people on the internet who call themselves influencers, but they don't influence anyone. They, yeah. they, they try and reassure themselves, if you get my gist. Yeah. And yeah. I just wanted to ask because a lot of people don't like that word. Um, I think the real people don't like that word because it's an overused word for people who, I'd say, are, are in the business of the wrong intentions. 
Yeah. Um, if if you, if I'm not I'm not um, stereotyping here. I'm just um, saying. So it's I think it is a very dirty word, and like you said, the origin the origin origins of it. That's my stutter coming through. Um, is good, but influencer I hate I hate the word completely. And yeah, yeah any, I think any true person on the internet you ask about that will feel a bit of a taboo talking about yeah. it because it is quite of um it's like it's like talking about money you don't like talking about it but yeah. it is can be you can you can be classified under that bracket you know I, I think that when you start throwing labels out and then you start gaining your self-worth from that I just can't do it I I don't call myself an entrepreneur. I've had a few people call me that, and I really don't look at myself as an entrepreneur. I'm just some dude that started doing a certain amount of things that look like, I guess, an entrepreneur would. You know, I technically I am a business owner, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing in the in the grand scheme of things. All I know how to do is one step in front of the other. So I think that it's really you're right. It's the intention behind that label. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what's your opinions on the fitness industry as a whole? I mean, in terms of online, maybe YouTube, if you want to sector it down to that. If you don't, I don't know if you watch a lot of YouTube fitness. So, what's your opinions on it? It's funny you mention that because I, I consume so much less now that I'm really working on what I'm trying to work on. You know, this 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 bigger this bigger thing that I'm drawn to that I'm a part of. I I feel, but. I think there's a lot of good in the fitness community. Of course there's bad. You know, of course you hear about, you know, fake natties and, you know, people that are taking perfect Instagram photos. We we know that. But, you know, it's the, it's the same thing. Is it glass half full? Is it glass half empty? And I think it's easy to reach for the bad. The bad is so much sexier to look at than the good. But there's so much good. Every industry has bad bad parts and, and good parts. And and I just, there's so much good. I believe that the fitness wellness community is and can be something that would overpower even healthcare. Like, I mean, I know that sounds grand, but the amount of proactivity, the the science and everything behind it, I think there's so much good that can come from it. I, I, I totally agree. And in terms of the bad aspect, I do agree there is bad in every industry. Um, my experience with the YouTube fitness industry is there is a lot of good, but I, I want, um, I started this, what, the t-shirt you're wearing, the t-shirt I'm wearing to try and push out that bad. And because there is a lot, um, I don't like influ fitness influencers taking advantage of young, younger fans. Sure. And I see a lot of ad advertisements on TikTok, I see and YouTube and Instagram and the creators, they promote false information and, it's so frustrating um, as a creator on a smaller platform to someone who's got millions of followers. It's so frustrating to hear them say these things to the, their own pe their own followers who are paying for services of theirs. They are funding their career, and it's just a cop out in terms of giving them actually accurate information, which will help them going forward. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's you know starting this to sort of push that out, honestly. If you wear blinders and just work on you, the right people will come to you. Of course, you got to work your butt off. You have to do those smart things. But if you put out good, good's going to come back. You know, and the spider web effect that that has, you have no idea how far it'll reach. One post may hit somebody 
in a way that you didn't expect. And what you think is crap content may be fantastic to somebody else. Maybe it rings true with them. And I just, I found that just like the gym intimidation thing where you really put blinders on and you stop worrying about what other people think. And when you, when you, you don't worry about what that person's lifting and you don't worry about what content that person's producing. It, it, it's, it gives you more time. It gives you more mental bandwidth to keep improving your shit and to keep getting better. I mean, in terms of a post you maybe didn't like or a video you think was a bit under quality and it's hit someone else in a way you didn't think it would. Have you got a story where you've got a message or a video back from someone or one of your followers? I've been fortunate that, yeah, I've had, I've, I receive emails pretty often and DMs pretty often. I put a video out not long ago that I did not expect some backlash to. I got in a, got in a car wreck. I say that my vehicle was hit in a parking lot. I came back to it and long story short, it could have been much worse. The person stayed, they didn't hit and run. And you know, now I'm dealing with the insurance and all that, but everybody was safe. Nobody was hurt. It was all good. Right. I did a video explaining the story and how it could have been worse and how, you know, it's truly how you react to it. That really dictates how it will go. And I got quite a bit of, response back from people that like didn't agree and mm -hmm. and very much were like you know you're idealistic and you have this and that and you know it felt like it came from a negative place from these people and if you go into my comments you'll you'll see I engage with people that attack me I engage with people that have negative to give back in a fashion of truly trying to engage the conversation not to not to throw shade or anything like that. And yeah, I just, I did not see that coming. A majority of people overwhelming, you know, uh, I agree with this. Yep. I, you know, same here. And, but it was surprising. It was surprising to see so much backlash. So in on topic of the backlash and maybe trolls sort of thing, I'm smaller scale. I've had one or two comments that maybe you think there was no need for, um, in terms of negativity and it does get to your head if you have like four or five positive and then one negative you do concentrate on that is do you, in terms of your scale of your following is it something you experience it's something sometimes you maybe have to have, stop a minute and have a, a a breather or a think and then go back to go back to it is it something that gets to you or is do you just learn to brush it off you know, a vanity metric that I'll share to give perspective is, you know, I'm, I'm around 14,000 on, on YouTube. That's my, that's my biggest platform right now. I say that to say when you have next to 14,000 different opinions and ability to say something, I don't know, even before I had a larger platform of around 200 or something, I always engage those conversations because I want to know where it's coming from. Now, if somebody's just carpet bombing insults and like, you're ugly and all that, like you're not going to get anywhere with that. But so far it has not, it has not penetrated me. You know, the, the video that launched my friend's YouTube channel uh, to really get it rolling. And then that series to really get it rolling, rolling was the star Wars video where I watched star Wars for the first time all eight episodes. I couldn't stand it. And mm -hmm. I had, I had literal death threats in those comments and I responded to them. I was like, tell me why, like share with me. Why do you want me to die? Like I wanted to know. Uh, so I'm still early in the process, but mm -hmm. 
it doesn't penetrate me because I know whoever has the time, whoever has the mental bandwidth to throw any venom towards me in a comment section on a YouTube video, it has nothing to do with me, you know? And I, I legit have empathy for whatever that person's feeling to throw shade. It sucks. It really sucks for them. I mean, I, I mean, you go live, is it every Saturday? Most Saturdays? Do Sunday, Saturdays, yeah, do, Sunday. Do meal preps and I, I was saying to my girlfriend the other day, because I was on, I was commenting on one of your videos, and um, I was saying it's crazy how consistent you are, but you you must get a little bit of negativity. And I was just sure. wondering, yeah, I, I was just wondering if it did get to you because we were talking, me and me and a friend, and I was like, that's something maybe going forward I'd have to prepare for. Sure. And I think I've got the mental strength to deal with it. Um, but you never know. It's just it's one of the things that when it happens, it happens, and you just deal with it in your own way. You know, yeah, and I think that, again, I, I've been fortunate that, you know, my upbringing and whatnot, I, I I really didn't get out much, you know? So, like, it's not that I was a recluse, but my parents were older when they had me, and a lot of a lot of my experiences growing up, like, I had never watched Star Wars, I had never seen the MCU, so I really wasn't out, which really created this ability for me to not really give a damn what everybody thought. I wasn't involved with what everybody was involved in, but... Honestly, when I get those comments, I'm not saying I'm impenetrable. I'm not saying that I don't care at all. But what comes to my head is I want to know why. Like I want, like if it's if I can tell it's it's just on them. It's who they are. It's where they're at. Or is it maybe I did something in my content that maybe I should have. Maybe it's perspective that I miss. Of like, damn, you know what? I didn't look at it that way. Maybe I lack that perspective. Having said that, I think that you can start to prepare for that now. Yeah. with adopting that uh, that mentality of like what really happens when they then when they throw shade in the comments or send you an email or whatever what truly truly happens they send you that that comment you read it then what like mm. i mean you you hit delete or you respond or, and that's that's it like it's not like it's not like shots are literally being fired through your window it's just they are they are words for you to draw good from or to draw bad from. You can turn a positive out of a negative. So something, it's just words on a, on, a, on a computer screen, really, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, it's how you respond. I see it this way. Um, people who hate never punch down. They always punch it's in. It's so true. It's yes. so true. Well, and you know what? You know what's so interesting? I don't do this to be like a knight in shining armor. But I know that when I respond in the comments to people throwing shade, I know other people are going to read it. I know other people from the YouTube channel are going to see that. And it's more important for me to not respond negatively or to throw venom or whatever, because that's so much more of like a, a learning point or something you don't see in YouTube comments of somebody responding back to backlash with, with empathy of trying to understand. Because like when, I, when someone throws shade and you throw it back, nothing's going to be resolved you're only just going to keep butting heads harder. So why not go at the other angle? I've had other, I've had people, I've had people like insulting me. I engage the conversation, refuse to get upset. And then they end up subscribing to me. And I, I, I sent one guy a t-shirt. I was like, I appreciate you engaging the conversation. And you know, like when people read that, that's how you're truly being an influencer. You're influencing yeah. good shit when you do that, you know? Yeah, I understand that. I mean, in terms of, your YouTube journey, how much has Holden had an effect on that? It's been huge. 
Uh, it's been monumental. He and I, we've had such a synergistic growth, and he's had much more growth than I have when it comes to a vanity metric. But you know, a lot. Of, I've I've had a handful handful of people be like, you know, he wouldn't be where he's at without you. Well, I damn sure wouldn't be where I'm at without him. It was such a it was such a unique experience, and I just wanted to be involved with him. And you know, he had a series that took off, but it was a hundred percent my doing of being involved, you know, like, no, the series would not be what it is. That video would not have been what it is had I not, had I not said yes to it. But had he not edited, edited, edited it the way he did, had he not put it together the way he did, it wouldn't have worked. So I'm not just fantastic all on my own. I'm pretty damn good. But without him, you know, it's been, he and I both have mutually benefited from one another and it's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, in your videos, yeah, you have talked about this before, like you and Holden do benefit each other. You do things for each other that will sustain long-term growth personally yeah. and in your own lives. So um, in terms of Jenna, I know you, if anyone doesn't know, Jenna's your wife. Um, yeah. How good has she been in terms of maybe helping you through mentally? My gosh, man, she has, oh my gosh, I could just, I could talk about her for hours and how much she has handled and benefited and a level of patience that I can't comprehend. She's been so pivotal in starting. She started the podcast with me. She's a co-host for, and the amount of times that she's slapped me with loving words that needed to be said that have shook me out of my funk or whatever the hell it is. It's been the reason that I can say I'd continued in the fashion that I have. She's been monumental for it. That's, that's great, man. And that's honestly nice to hear because I've got a girlfriend and obviously when you do get a bit more confident, sometimes you can get your little bit of feet off the ground. It's good to keep grounded and she's always there for support and you you run ideas off them. And honestly, that's what you need. If, if you are starting a channel or a business and you get overwhelmed or stressed, or maybe too confident and you need someone there to keep you grounded. And I think that's so important. I think people do maybe give up sometimes in terms of maybe loneliness or maybe overwhelming the, overwhelming the brain because it, that can happen. That can happen. You know, when you start out in fitness or in YouTube or creating content, a business, when you don't see the growth that you want, when you don't see the results that you want, it's very easy to tap. There's nobody forcing you to do it. All the deadlines that you and I have, all the ideas that we have, it's all self-imposed deadlines. It's all self-imposed things. And yeah, having someone that keeps you grounded is, it's unmatched. It's unmatched for sure. I mean, like in terms of relationships, it's so important to surround yourself with people who are positive. Um, going back to the beginning, my story from the beginning, I did surround myself with people who, want, who wasn't like-minded, who wanted just to stay in bed till noon, who wanted yeah. to just do nothing with their lives. And they probably are still doing nothing with their lives. Um, <clears throat> but you've got to wake up one day and think, do you really want to be like that? And that me, me progressing, me self-improving just came from taking that risk and taking that big step of leaving the people you call your friends. Sure. And maybe some ro ro romantic relationships. And sure. you need to think of the bigger picture if you get my understanding absolutely yeah uh, i mean 
I believe you have to leave even family members behind that, that aren't good for you. It's, you know, call it selfish, call it whatever the hell you want. But if someone is dragging you down, if someone is not giving you good, if someone is not giving you value and value can mean so many different things. Value can mean love. Value can mean financial investment. Value can mean friendship. Value could mean reprieve. I mean, value can be whatever it is to you, but if they're not bringing that value, what are, and, and also mutually beneficial. If you aren't giving them that, then that relationship shouldn't be there. And I know it's easier said than done, but why, why would you, why would you take that time? Why would you waste that mental bandwidth for somebody that doesn't care about you, that doesn't benefit you? I totally, I totally agree. And maybe taking a, a swift um, topic change, um, powerlifting. So you took a, um, was it about a year you did it for? Or is it years? about a year? Um, what made you start it? And obviously um, what made you quit? So it was about 10 years of bodybuilding, you know, 10 years of bodybuilding and really all the way up until I started my business, it was nothing but bodybuilding. It was working on getting bigger and then, you know, shredding down. And I did one competition and couldn't stand it. Not the process, but the, uh, the idea of comparing myself to somebody else on a stage, it just wasn't for me. And I just got, I got in a rut with bodybuilding where I, I needed something different. I needed a new mental stimulus and powerlifting was definitely that. Powerlifting was a way to push myself. And after a year of it, I was knocking on the door to my first competition, but I was not affording the time for the recovery. And I do not blame powerlifting. I blame, uh, well, I don't blame myself. I knew that I couldn't afford the time. When I, I started getting hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt, uh, had a uh, like an infraspinatus uh, tendinosis. I, I mean, I had a herniated disc, and I just wasn't doing the things that I needed to recover. But you know, I told my trainer, who's a friend of mine, I said after a year, and I hated it so much for him because I know what it's like to be a personal trainer and somebody tap out. But I told him I was like, dude, you know my life. You know I'm running my business. You know I'm doing these things. And powerlifting was not more important than my business, or powerlifting was not more important than my relationship. And you know, it's not just lift weights. It's the recovery process. Are you sleeping enough? Are you eating enough? Are you all of the things? And I was I was not willing any longer to put the mental bandwidth and time into it. So that's why I stopped. Not to say that I'll never go back to it again, though. So, so it's like an open door, maybe one day. Yeah, without a doubt. And it was, there's so much that I learned. There's so much that I'll hold on to and implement, implement into my lifting from now on. But when you get closer and closer to a competition, the intensity obviously goes up and things are more strategic and things are like, we got to hit these numbers. And when you start getting so focused on that, and then you're also running a business and doing all these things, which one is more important? And do you have the time to balance it? Um, do you want to afford the time to balance it? And I did not want to afford the time to balance it, knowing it, it was, a, it was affecting my relationships, affecting the business, affecting everything else. So did you say you competed in a bodybuilding show before? Is that So that's funny you say that. So I was two hours from stage time and I went to Las Vegas for my first show. It was actually at the Olympia. I was not in the Olympia. It was like this male model search type thing. Uh, but it was it was going to be the first time I was ever on stage. And the cut was fine. 
Like I was, I was okay with that. I'd been through that. I enjoyed that. It wasn't the struggle of getting through that really difficult and unhealthy thing. I hated the concept of comparing myself to somebody else on a stage. It made no sense to me. It wasn't, it wasn't shade of anybody else there or shit, they're going to beat me, but I just don't give a damn about what somebody else is doing. It just did not make sense for my brain. And I found it very toxic for my brain. And I was really questioning extreme, like way far into it, started questioning, why am I doing this? And two hours from stage time, I was miserable. I hated it. I, I, it was toxic for me. And I was like, why am I doing this? You know, why? I don't get it. And I, I was like, that's it. No, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. So in terms of like, I've I've bulked and cut before in terms of changing your body to get to gain muscle, lose fat for, lose fat for anyone who doesn't know what them terms mean. What's the mental process for you personally like in terms of when it comes to nutrition or maybe the first time you did it, um, bulking and cutting? First time I did it was terrible. Uh, you know, I I didn't know. I just cut calories like crazy and that was it, you know. 1500 1600 calories and that was way too low and it was miserable you know my skin broke out and i was lacking micro micronutrients and all that but i do a photo shoot every single year for myself and it's my that's my competition you know can i beat the previous year or do i have the balls to document if i screwed up this year or whatever <clears throat> and that's my competition and the the first year i did it which was in 2000 bleh, I was 26, so I th so just a year before, I think maybe a year before I started my business or maybe it was the actual year. Five years ago, maybe. Yeah, but I went about it in a very unhealthy way and it was like, if I just get lean, that's all that matters. And it's so much different now as like, am I enjoying the process? You know, and I think like there's definitely a fine line that you have to ride of like, this is just hard ass work. So I'm not saying that it needs to be, you know, rainbows and clouds the whole time the shit it's hard work so that doesn't go away but you know is this a miserable process for the correct reasons yeah i totally agree i mean for me personally um gyms have been closed here for about three months so they've just literally opened this week so i've lost a little bit of size in terms of my body so i've got home gym stuff but it's not the same um, so I'm dealing with that. I've, I mean, it's a slight calorie surplus to try and retain as much as I can. Um, but my first time cutting, I was on 1300 calories a day. Jesus, and, and you're taller than I am. Good Lord. Um, and I lost a lot of muscle tissue because you, you, you need, you need to want the muscle to stay. So you need to shock them, lift heavy. And I was going lighter each time. So I was losing strength and that's just an, an, a mistake I made starting the gym. Um, I was doing tons of cardio. Same. It just wasn't, yep. it just wasn't, just wasn't yep. for me. I was really thin. I got really thin. And doesn't it suck so much? Like you get all the way to that point and you're like, man, I'm lean. But then you start to look at your shoulders and shit and you're like, oh God, yeah, I'm lean, but I lost a lot of muscle, which I mean, you can only control so much of that. But you know, when you start, when you start going that low in calories, that hard, that fast, it, you're going to drop muscle, whether you want to or not. Well, it also affects your um, libido sort of thing. So, oh my gosh. So. Yeah. <laughs> hormones, hormones will go crazy, man. Absolutely. It's just, it's, um, if any, if any advice we could give to anyone starting the gym, it's don't overcomplicate it. Cause I think people want to go in there 
they want abs, they want to be the biggest guy in the room, and it just isn't. Just train for you. Just do it. Just do, play it simple. So, know your body. That's all I'd say. Know your body is it's a perfect way to put that. And I I believe, I don't believe I know that there's three concepts to fitness wellness when it comes to the whole process. And it's for me, it's in this order. It is mental fitness, how you approach it. You know, it's the gym intimidation, all those pieces. It's mental fitness, it's nutrition, and then it's the physicality portion. You know, hold on to those three pieces. Hold on and know like perspective is huge with mental fitness. Like, like you said, your chapter one to someone's chapter 10, that's huge. You know, you can have the perfect nutrition, you can have the perfect training, but if you don't have the right mindset, you're screwed. You know, you can have the perfect training, but if your nutrition sucks, you're screwed. You know, it's just, it's those three basic concepts in a world that is littered with making it complicated. Keep it stupid simple. You're exactly right. Do you believe the complication is what causes people fear to start working out? Yeah. Because... People think I've got to do so many things to get into shape and it's literally not that much to do. People will latch on so quickly to probiotics and friggin', you know, vitamin C and all of this, but they don't know what a serving size is. And I say that with no shade, but anytime I'm asked the question of like, how do you, you know, should I do keto? How do you drop fat or how do you lose weight? it always starts with like conversation of nutrition and, and it just, the quick fix always shows me that someone is not quite ready mentally for a long-term plan, you know, a long-term plan. So when you start to shift and ask the questions that are more long-term, that's like, that's when you can start to lay out an actual plan. But yeah, you're right that they, I mean, we want those quick things. And that's that's not how you get long-term results. I'd say that's why people do turn to stuff like steroids because they want to be the biggest guy in the room in the shortest period of time. But it's also not sustainable because if you start working out, the water, which is basically water, it starts to, you know, ruin your body. And I think I've been offered steroids before. I've I know friends who take steroids, and I try and I don't judge them for it. It's their choice, and it's. My, my, my journey is I might be this size now but if I carry on going naturally three or four years time you'll be away you'll, you'll be better it's just I'd rather go the, the longer road the long, it's, it's more sustainable yeah it, it, you know you're 100% right so I know some people that they would literally rather die huge than live you know a common life and that is truly what drives them mm. who is anybody to say that you're wrong for that you know I mean do you, do you, it's totally fine. I'm, I'm in healthcare, so I know what those drugs do to your body. And I just can't get past that part of knowing that, you know, your heart's going to be enlarged and eventually you're going to have, you know, possible heart failure and liver issues and kidneys and all that. And it's just, you know, that's, that's a price I'm not willing to pay for size. I mean, in terms of like loosening and being loose with your nutrition, What's your opinion on cheat meals, cheat days? Obviously not cheat days, but you know, the, the, the conception of cheat days. Flexible nutrition, that's a thousand percent what I abide by. And that's what I, that's what I go through with my clients. Uh, I don't train anybody for shows. That's just not how I am. I'm, what is long-term? What can you do long-term? And I, like, I know that I'm not just going to stop eating a cookie 
I know that I'm not going to never have a piece, another piece of cake ever in my life. So why would I structure my life around stopping it right now? It doesn't make any sense. Why not take 80% of the food that you eat as clean, healthy, superfood, whatever the hell you want to say, it's the food that you should be eating, and then take 20% of the rest of that and be like, I'm going to eat pretty much what I want. You know, if you fit that into your life, you know, it's just like we talked about the routine. If you fit these things into your life, you can have abs year round, you know, you can have abs year round. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, for me, again, it's the 80-20 split. Um, yeah. mo- Monday Monday to Sunday, I'll eat clean. The, the Saturday, I'll maybe have a meal that's not within my macros now and again. It's just a little bit of a treat. It's to keep you on the wagon sort of thing. It's to keep you going. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's so many ways to do, you know, the treat meal, the cheat meal. And when I started out, it was six days a week, hardcore, holy crap, clean food, get the bad food out of my eyes, eyesight. And then one day a week, I would blow it out of the water. And with that fitness maturity came the ability to, to know, all right, that seventh day, I'll just have one meal that's outside of what I should be eating. I shifted at one point to going to, you know, two days on, I was super clean. And then I'd have one day where I was just moderately had a little bit. Now it's after 11 years, I can, I can, I very much have the mental fortitude to be like, you know what? I know that I can afford that today. I I can do that. So I really don't have set days any longer. That's like, this is a treat or a treat meal. This is a treat day. And again, that's just, that comes with time, just time and being around it. As, as I'm currently running out of topics because we've nearly covered everything, um, what are your goals going forward for your channel and business? Say maybe in the next 12 months, if that's a realistic time span. Yeah, it is. It's benefiting others through not just the content, but through the training aspect, the business itself. I, I want to be in the dirt with these people. I want to, I want to be in the trenches with them making those changes rather than just talking about it on content. And so that's what a lot of what this year will be is uh, the business side of it and attaining more clients more for the impact and, and sure to, to push the business and all that. But I want to get in the dirt with these people. I want to impact them uh, physically, mentally, and, and really work and really work. Rather than over a screen or a, or a mobile device, you'd rather be face-to-face sort of thing. No, no, no. It's, it, it, so everything I do is online. Oh, okay. All the training is online. I guess when I say uh, not just a screen is, you know, not not just putting out a YouTube video talking about this. Like, I want to work with people. And okay. um, that is that is the focus of impacting people through, through the training portion, through the mental fitness. So the final question, I like to shift the mood a little bit. A random question. What might catch you off guard? Okay. What might catch you off guard? Love it. Watch for protein shake flavor. Flavor or company? Flavor. I always like a classic chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah, I like I, it's just it's it's like the safe bet almost, you know? It's like mm. like cookies and cream is so easy to screw up, you know? Do you use milk or water? Both. It, it's so funny. I go through like these weird phases where where I will take supplements and then other phases where I don't. I'm I'm currently in a phase where I'm not taking it, but I've gone like 3 years without you know, doing protein powders and whatnot, but I, usually I'll lean on chocolate. Yeah. I think mine's banana. I use, I do 200 milliliters of milk. What? Banana? Yeah. Do you not do banana in the US? 
You are so you are so brave. That is such a flavor that's so easily screwed up. Who the hell? Who? Who? What supplement company do you get it through that tastes good? Uh, my protein. Banana. Yeah, my yeah, my protein's great. Banana is such an easily screwed up flavor for me. There's there's banana and banana cream, which is great. Yeah. Okay. 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 So if you're looking for any banana, um, this is not sponsored, but if you're looking for banana flavored uh, protein, my protein's the way to go. Yeah, I tend to use a 200 milliliters of milk and rest water, try and lower down the calories sort of thing. But yeah, Matt, it's been a complete pleasure speaking to you. Um, I know you're a busy dude and I know you've got plans ahead for the day. So I appreciate your time. You know what? I, I can't thank you enough. Seriously, I, I, I appreciate you thinking of me and having me on and I saw you and I reached out to you because I felt something through the screen, through your words. And, you know, the first time, first time we communicated, it was like, let's hop on a zoom call. And I could just feel it in your words, dude. I could feel the passion in you. And, you know, there's something about you that is very driven. And I know you don't have all the answers yet. And that's good. That's good that you don't have the answers, you know, because you can find them. And I, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm very happy for you. I support what you're doing. You know, I'm always here for you. Please hit me up uh, at any point. And I'm just happy for you. Keep going. Thanks, man. I mean, likewise, need anything from me, dude, for, for what you've done for me today. Um, I'm always here. I'm always here. So... Um, I'll link Matt's channel in the description. I'll link Holden's channel in the description too. Um, thank you guys for watching. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, subscribe to Matt and I'll see you later. Later y'all. Thanks for having me. This has been the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. We want to thank you for listening and invite you to subscribe to the show as well and follow Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube. Until next time, you don't have to be perfect. Just be better than yesterday every day.